Welcome to the 7 Days to Amazing podcast, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week. Now your host, Sharon Haver of FocusOnStyle.com. Sheeksters, I am Sharon Haver, and you are about to be amazed. I have a very special guest on today's episode of Seven Days to Amazing. Debbie Nigro is also one of my business besties, but she is a multifaceted business and broadcasting entrepreneur and visionary and three-time past winner of the nationally syndicated Radio Talk Show of the Year Award from the American Women in Radio and Television. Debbie is a pioneer in self-syndicated female-targeted radio, and she is a hit top 100 talk show list and more. Debbie is one of the first women in the U.S. to own a radio syndication company because she didn't know any better and because no network at the time would risk syndication a show by a woman that wasn't about politics or who wasn't a psychologist. Debbie Nigro is currently the owner and executive producer of the Daily Talk radio program called The De- Debbie Nigro Show, The Elite to the Street, A Fun Ride. Her radio shows and vignettes aired in almost 500 markets with the backing of corporations such as Avon, Blockbuster, General Mills, and 7-Eleven. Further, she wrote, produced, and syndicated television features for the network news broadcast in over 60 U.S. markets. Let's cut to the chase. Debbie Nigro knows how to turn the gift of gab into money-making endeavors. So I want to welcome Debbie, who is the queen of the soundbite, and I am thrilled to have you here today and for you to help women entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone learn how to understand how to talk in quick, pithy soundbites. Well, hi there, Sharon. Hi there, Debbie. I'm honored to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And it's kind of fun and exciting to have the tables turned. I mean, I know Debbie, oh, my God, from before my son was born, because I remember once trekking up to Stanford for a party for your TV slices when I was pregnant with him. So he's 18. So do the math on that. So we've got to go back. 20 years, right? <laughs> and you never open up a, a conversation with a woman where you start doing math on her age. So no, you never do that. that. But, you know, that? We, no, but we, do, we age backwards. <laughs> we just get younger and younger and younger. But I, one of the I things... Tell, I tell everybody, wait a minute, I tell everybody I'm ageless, timeless, you, and weightless, and I'm sticking to it, pal. <laughs> I know. I kind of like the ageless part. But, you know, remember, I was pregnant, so I got pregnant when I was about three. So it's okay. You know, and I think you were probably about <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> very cute. But, you know, with, with, with life comes wisdom. So I'm very happy to be sharing some of my um, hard-earned wisdom with your audience today. And I know that um, you asked me to talk about really um, talking and interviewing and, and how to do it so that you sound like a compelling um, guest when you're on a podcast or a radio show or a television show or even in hum- in person with another human, what a concept these days. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's funny, well, it's very funny, Sharon, you know, you asked me to speak to this as if, uh, and, and to give my wisdom, and I took, I took a moment, I sat back, I said, wow, you know, I take for granted that this is something that comes simply to me. And so I don't quite realize sometimes it doesn't come simply to somebody else, to have the gift of gab, to know how to talk in a soundbite, to know how to be an engaging guest. So thank you for letting me take a moment to, um, you know, talk about what I do 
um, that might help somebody else. Yeah, and, and and this is so true. And one of the things is, I remember at one time I was so completely in awe of you when you had your show that was three hours a day, five days a week, with I don't know how many guests you had that week, and you were constantly just on top of it. It was like one snap, 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 and and making it engaging and interesting. And it's a lot of work and a lot of talent. And 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 you know I, I've been following you and I've been a guest on your show for, as we now know for centuries and people don't realize that being able to just nail it and be fun and funny is quite a craft and you might be really fascinating in a conversation when you meet someone but being you know on an interview or on a radio show or a podcast it's not the same thing so when we speak to people who now you know the intimate internet has made us all superstars because we have Facebook lives. We're always on it. We're all over the place. How can someone learn to just sort of like nail it? Well, let me just say the first thing. Something weird happens to people when as soon as they know they're on, meaning a microphone's on or cameras on them, they go off, meaning Mm -hmm. off to to the wrong direction. It's some weird psychological thing that it doesn't happen in a natural conversation, but stun somebody to freak out that the words they are saying at the moment in time are going to be set in stone. So they start to overthink it and start to over-hesitate, and they end up sounding off instead of on, which is what they're hoping to be. So you get that to, be, to begin with, right? Right. So the first tip, tip to somebody is, if this can be helpful, and I, I know it will be more difficult for some than others, pretend the camera, the microphone, Whatever is not really happening. I know it's really crazy, but you, if you just block that out and try and act like yourself, you'll already be 10 steps ahead because without that pressure, um, which stunts your thinking, you can start to flow better. So what do you do when someone is just a dud, when they're a bore? Like, how do you get them to be fine? Because I've, I've heard some of your interviews, and I'm like, she's working it. You know, she's doing it. You are earning your money. What? Well, you know, everybody has something brilliant to share. Um, not everybody's good at sharing it. We all express ourselves in so many different ways um, that comes naturally to each of us. Somebody's a painter. Somebody does better in, in writing. Somebody does better in, you know, just posing or socially and don't do well when the, the moment of truth comes for a soundbite for a newspaper reporter or, or some reason they're getting a chance to, to be in the public eye. So, yes, I've had many a moment <laughs> where I will um, sense that the other person is just not giving anything of value that the audience would want to stay tuned. So what I try and do is, you know, you have to listen. When you're interviewing, you almost have no time to stop and listen if you're not a professional because you're already preparing your next question in your head. So mm-hmm. you're half listening to the person who's talking and half getting ready to ask your next question. So you have to listen. If you stop and listen and pick up some little thing in a comment that they this boring person has mentioned, might be as simple as um, they were late today because their dog, I don't know, had a virus. You may want to just stray from the reason of the conversation because you're trying to get human with people and say, so your dog was sick and tell me about, what happened to your dog? And they'll be like, what? That's not why I'm here. But they'll start telling you about their dog. Once people start speaking, and that's something that they are comfortable about or passionate about, then you get their energy going, and then you can steer it back to the reason they came to be talking to you in the first place. So that's that's a really great icebreaker. 
That's a really great icebreaker. Yeah, you need an icebreaker. Yeah, and I know so many times, like, I, I know when I do, like, a, some radio shows or podcasts, they'll be like, give me 10 questions that you want me to ask you. And I'm like, okay. And then they actually sit there and they ask you the 10 questions. And it's like, um, but that, you know, the conversation kind of broke a little bit. Like, you know, you need a little, you need a little repartee. It's got to go back and forth a little bit. So, okay, I, let I know, me, I have honestly yeah. something about that because um, I am, people have asked me the same questions in advance for my show. I refuse. And that's just me. It's not my style. I'm very conversational, and I conduct a radio interview and any interview that I'm doing, television or video, um, as if I'm sitting with you having coffee or in a bar. There's no script for that. You know, you, you, you extend a question, you hear an answer, you listen to the answer, you extend another question. However, I will tell you, the average person will freak out if you don't give them a sense of how a conversation that's going to be taped or videoed is going to flow, and they have... Um, and also, um, people who are conducting interviews don't want to be caught, you know, going so far off base that they would like you to consider certain series of questions that would be relevant to, say, this podcast, like you sent me, or um, an interview where they're trying to glean a certain amount of information. And um, it's, it's more comfortable if people have a sense of where the conversation is going, but I never stick to all the questions exactly. And I encourage everybody else not to either. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 no, I totally agree with you. It's good for a flow, for a direction. It's also great if someone is a dud and it's just not going anywhere. You know that they prepared something. And it, it gives you, right. it gives a continuity, I think, to a program also because you know there's going to be certain points that always come up, maybe not the exact ones, but it's going to still fit in, in that flow. So yeah, you... The, the, problem with, the problem with people is that, uh, and most people, if there's a set list of questions and that's all they're ready to answer and you go off in a different direction, it may fluster them, okay, for somebody who's not confident. Um, on the flip side, if you're a great interviewer and in the process of hearing an answer to one of those pre-elected questions, you hear something fabulous and you don't pull that out and can ask more about that, you're not doing your job. No, you're listening. absolutely, absolutely. So can you also help us on what makes someone a great interviewer? Yes, I can. Um, <laughs> I figured you know, that as much. <laughs> I can tell you. You know, one, I'm not. A, I'm not a um, a uh, very good at blowing my own horn. It's, you know, for, you think for somebody in the media, I'd be good at promoting myself. I'm terrible. Yeah, but but let me Yeah, I want to blow your horn for one second. People do not understand the craft going behind what Debbie does. I mean, you really like Debbie does media. You know, and that. You're really listening to a pro, and she, why, the reason she's not blowing her own horn is, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're just a nice person, but she really is incredible and amazing, and if you think it's easy to be talking to so many people in a week and make it engaging to continue an audience, then, then you try it and just realize that Debbie really is a genius at this. Well, thank you very much. I curse you to your audience. Thank you. But what I was going to say, and this is kind of funny that you jumped in, is I will admit, after all these years, and I've interviewed thousands and thousands of people and uh, heard thousands and thousands of answers, answers, I will say that I am probably one of the best interviewers I've ever heard because <laughs> I've spent so much time, time in, and I'll tell you why. I listen, and I, I am warm. I, am, uh, I give another person, before they start with me, confidence that I'm not going to be embarrassing them, but I'm only going to bring out the best in them, 
again, I'm not a political reporter, so I'm not trying to catch anybody in some kind of crazy, you know, quote that I can then send out on Twitter and make them look, you know, like an idiot. But I, um, it's very important to give your your guest com- comfort, confidence that it's a team effort here, and you're going to make them shine. As soon as somebody knows that you have their best interests in mind to make them come to life, they will immediately let down one level of guard. That's interesting. That's interesting, and it's so true. And you also do it with incredible humor. And I think that's a very important next step. Yeah, your humor and wit. So, you know, I don't know. You can't, you know, how do you say you can't give someone a personality and you can't make an unfunny person funny. But how can someone sort of find the light side, find the bright side, find the find the chuckle in something? Okay, good question. Um, I lead with humor. I use humor as a very interesting tool to get people's attention so that I can deliver important information. We live in a very cluttered world of information, and it's hard to get anybody to look at what you're doing because it's a constant overload. And so most people resonate with humor. It's a diffuser. It lightens a mood. And um, who doesn't like to have a good laugh? It's good for you, too. So that is my signature style. Um, it doesn't. It comes naturally to me. I was born with a sense of humor. I was a chubby kid, and it's the only way I was popular. Got it? <laughs> so, um, what I would say to the average person who's not, you know, trying to do stand-up um, is try and find the uh, a way to talk with a smile. And I have a very fun word I came up with. It's called sneaking, which is smiling while speaking. And we're going to try <laughs> it right now. Sneaking. Let me try it right now because this will change it for a little bit for everybody. We're gonna. I'm gonna say a sentence without a smile, and I'm gonna say a sentence with a smile. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say, "Thanks, thanks, Sharon. Very nice of you to have me on the show today." No smile. Now watch this. Hey, thank you, Sharon. Very nice of you to have me on the show today. I appreciate it. Big difference. Big difference. Right. Try and smile well. You. Not every five seconds, you want to be a goofball, but um, you'll notice a difference in the tone, um, and then that's the next thing I want to talk about. But try that. Try my sneaking tip. Okay, we're going to make a meme out of that one. So, okay, now, 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 now let's talk about tone, not the color of your hair, but the quality of your voice. Yep, tone is everything. Um, I think that most people don't realize sometimes that they could change. Um, the mood of a conversation in an instant by changing their tone. And my, my, my effort every day in what I do is to relay a tone of warmth, of, of making the listener comfortable, of uh, friendly fire, of uh, engagement, and of being authentic. So that's my tone and, and my sense of humor. That's my tone. Um, I'll give you an example of, of a tone of a voice and how you say something, then do it. I'll do it without the right tone and with the right tone, two different interpretations. So I'm making this up as we go, by the way, okay? <laughs> I'm just making it up. Um, okay, example of, uh, oh, that product you invented was uh, pretty spectacular. You know, that's it. That's a comment. That product you invented is Pretty spectacular, really amazing. I mean, congratulations to you. What, where did the idea get sparked from? Yeah, it's you here. You're owning the second one. You're you're deeply engaged. It's emotional. You're asking a question. You're 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 just you're wanting to hear the answer as opposed to just eh. Yeah, that was great. 
your tone, that, that example of a tone is sort of leaning in without mm-hmm. physically being somewhere to lean in. So what happens when someone is just going through some Joycean stream of consciousness and there's just no way to, like, get them to pull to a full stop? They're just, like, they're on, <laughs> they're on that long train ride around their life and you really need them to just, like you had, you you knew what you wanted to jump in with, but they never took pause. They how oh my them, gosh, those yeah. people are those people are so hard. And Ugh. believe me, I'm I've been doing this professionally. I still find it a challenge when somebody's uh, in the um, is off in the passing lane and leaves you absolutely no window to no window. ask a question. Right. So usually behind the scenes, I slap myself in the head <laughs> while they're <laughs> and then I roll my eyes. And then they keep, they, they're not listening because a good interviewer will start to gently say, so, like they'll start to say, have, bring words. And if the other person mm-hmm. doesn't slow down and pull over onto the, uh, into the right lane, then they're not giving the interviewer a chance to have a, go, a back and forth conversation. And that comes out of nervousness on the part of the person being interviewed not paying attention or listening for the cue. So if you're being interviewed, listen for a cue from the interviewer who may be trying to say to you without being rude, shut up, you've been talking yes. too long, let me ask the next question. So that's a tip. Yeah, and then they all, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, do you interrupt? And then they'll continue on, and it's like, oh, man, I wish I was in a studio with you so you could see the cut side, you know? And it's so hard well, when you're on front, when you're doing a phone interview, and, and, you you know, there's no eyeball communication, and they're not hearing well, you the, did it. Ah. <laughs> you did it before. Me and you did it before. Play the tape back for everybody. I said, I have to say something. You said, I have to say something. I said, I have to say something. You said, I have to say something. And it went on until somebody won. And um, <laughs> that's actually kind of funny, but um, I think we're going to because we know each other, really... huh? Yes, yes, of course, I love you. Um, and as we try and teach people that speaking over somebody, very interesting, a dance, the dance that goes on when it's a conversation in person. You're able to see when somebody's body language changes when they're about to offer something so you know when to sit back and when they start to slow back and when you know when to lean in. And often you don't see that in an in a interview or a podcast interview or a television interview. Or if you do, you're, you're, not, more, you're not as aware because you're, not, you're so wound up if you're not uh, versed in doing this. There's a cadence of speaking, speaking and an, you know, an ebb and flow. And some people, excuse me, I had to cough, excuse me. Some people, no matter how hard you try, you can't get the flow going with them. And mm-hmm. that's just unfortunate. But for the most part, it's a dance, and there should be a rhythm to it. So watch for the rhythm and try and play with it. Yeah, do the hustle. Yes, and let me just explain, because I think it's important people understand this word podcast and what it means, actually, because it's a new you know, thing um, that's growing like leaps and bounds. Podcasting is doing for radio what Netflix did for the movie industry, if you can get it that clearly. Basically, it's a radio interview or what you would have considered you'd heard on the radio on demand for when you want to listen to it. But what's different is the uh, Internet and uh, digital world has leveled the playing field. So pretty much anybody with a great uh, topic to discuss and great interviews can rise to the top. There is great value still in terrestrial radio. And I do have a real live radio show on every day. 
in uh, out of studios in Greenwich, Connecticut, um, that actually I, I've sort of quietly proved concept for the last couple of years, and now we're rolling out nationally again. But um, what I found out um, is that people are clamoring for their podcasts of their radio interviews afterwards. Now, why is that? Radio still has great credibility, as does any kind of media. When your name is in the media, you're perceived as an expert, and people want to you know, hear from you. It also gives you a sort of calling card to put on your own social media and show everybody that you are relevant and that you are the expert, you know what you know. So what I've realized is that people need help doing this, and I've created a way to help um, people who would like to become the expert in their space, sort of a brand authority package where they can be on the radio, and then they get a podcast afterwards. They'll have the social media promotion. I'm showing people how to do this because I know this is what people need to do right now. Also, radio um, is terrific for driving interest to, to web addresses because nobody remembers a phone number anymore if you're driving and listening to the radio, but you always remember a web address, and you almost don't even realize sometimes that that's where the interest is coming from. So that's one thing I'm working on. It's very exciting. And, it's really um, exciting, and people really need to, to take you up on it because you are such a pro. I mean, you, you've been on radio for so long, and you're just so fantastic at this, and I think that anyone who really needs to up their game, and almost all of us do, myself included, you know, Debbie is truly, you know, a landmark icon in being able to give great interviews, conduct great interviews, good conversation, funny, witty, and, you know, the bee's knees and the gift of gab. Well, I bring out the best in other people. That's really my gift. I can do an interview better than anybody else because I make everybody who comes in my in my uh, circle of conversation shine. And people need to be their best and put their best game out there and best foot forward. So that's what I really can deliver for somebody, even if, like, they're the most boring person, and I will make them sound like the most fascinating, okay? Because <laughs> everybody, everybody has something unique they know. It's about sharing it to let other people know because people will reach out to you once they know what it is that you can offer them. So that's one of the things I'm excited about doing. And um, I've really learned a lot about um, the business going forward right now. Um, But I will tell you, I still don't know enough. And I don't feel bad because I just read an amazing statistic that only like 10% of all the big business people on the planet actually know what's going on. Everybody's trying to figure it out and hustle their way. Um, through this digital transition. And you've got to stay relevant, and you've got to keep trying new things, and you've got to keep reinventing. I'm like the queen of reinvent here. I don't know if I, uh, I mentioned sh- this earlier, but... No, you sure are the queen of reinvention. And, and reinvention is such a key word for people. As we get a little older, you know, our, we, our careers change, and you need to be ready. And, and you certainly are someone who... You know, from the outside looking in, you wouldn't think of you reinventing. I always think of you as, as being, you know, a, an interviewer, a talk show host, a radio host. But you have gone through so many different ebbs and flows. So if you want to just share a little bit, because you make you make it all look so easy. Well, you have to go through a lot of life to be a good talk show host. You can't just do talking about nothing. You have to have been beaten up and spit out and won and lost and suffered and tried so you can relate to everybody's emotions on the other side of that microphone. So that's what makes me a really good talk show host <laughs> is I've lived, lived a lot of life. I've taken a lot of hits. I've fallen down a million times. I've stood back up a million times. I've been through a ton of tragedy. I've survived a ton of tragedy, both uh, personally, family, uh, romantically. I mean, if you don't live, you can't talk about living. Um, I've started businesses. I've been a startup queen. I've won. I've lost. I've failed. So I know about business. I've, I've tried to raise money. I've been successful. I've failed. I've showed, um, opened the doors uh, in new oppor- business opportunities. I've gotten smart people to think I was smart. I've gotten smart people to think I was dumb. I mean, I can talk. 
about this <laughs> because I've risked it. So I know I know what's on the other side of that microphone um, because when somebody tips me off of something they've been through, I pretty much can relate. And I also let my guard down so that they know they can trust me that I'm going to, while they're letting their guard down, somehow turn it so that everybody sees what they're brilliant at. And um, that's what I do. Okay, so I'm yeah. doing it in the New World Order. And then um, I'm going to be rolling out some uh, fun things this year. I have a book I've been working on. It should be done shortly called That's a Great Question. And <laughs> it was from uh, interviewing 10,000 people and asking 10 billion questions and getting 10 billion answers. These are the questions that I personally have tested out in personal circles, business circles, friends, kids, family, where every single person clamors to answer with a ooh, ooh, ooh. So it's a list of great questions for other people to use when they want to be interesting or create, you know, everybody, include everybody in a conversation. I'm excited about that one. That's exciting. And that's something, you know, you can use if you, if you do have a podcast or radio show, or if you're sitting at a dinner conversation or you're networking events or you're meeting new people. I mean, sometimes people just get so stymied in asking a question. So that's fantastic. Ask a great question. Can't wait. Yes. Yep. Let me ask you one. Yeah. Ask me one. (laughs) Why not? Let's check the waters. this is a fun one. This is one that everybody cracks up at. Uh, what was the one drink you had back when that you will never drink again because the experience was so horrific? What was it, and where were you? Um, okay. It was uh, a slow gin fizz. <laughs> <laughs> and I was at a club called Le Jardin. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> And it was Barry White's White Night with Love Unlimited back in the day. I think I was in high school, totally underage there. And there were a lot of celebrities around. And I remember um, the president at the time, son was there. And that reporter with the big mustache who um, was actually kind of cute back in the day and speaking of horrific. And I remember, and I didn't really drink. I kind of held, you know, I knew how to pose with a drink in my hand and I knew how to pose with a cigarette in my hand, but I didn't do much of either one of them. But, you know, I looked kind of cool and I had to look older. And I remember some guy in a white polyester-ish suit bugging me. And I told him if he wouldn't go away, I was going to burn him with my faux cigarette and my drink. And I did. And I spilled it on him and I like threatened him with my cigarette and he ran away. And it was very clear. And it was very white night. And did you never drink a slow gin fizz since? I don't think I ever did. I drink, gin makes me nauseous. <laughs> but I, right. some reason, that that's was it. like the drink to hold, and I held it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the, the end of these stories usually ends with somebody in a bathroom with their head over the bowl or something. Oh, no, I, actually, I, was no, I didn't no. have that many of those nights, luckily enough. You know, I did it have was a, a good story, day. though. Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> that's See? a great question. Okay. <laughs> so anyway... Um, what I'm hoping to do this year is um, get back out in the speaking uh, tour. I've been doing it, and I really have some great love for connecting in person. And uh, I find I have a lot of impact and help a lot of people when I connect with them and do things like that. So if anybody wants to book me to be yeah. a, a speaker on, the, on my DebbieNagro.com website, there's, there's a list of things I can speak to. Um, I kind of love doing that. I was very successful doing that. I'm back in action. And also, um, what else am I doing? I'm rolling out the show nationally. I got three That's books coming. One about being a yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to travel. I want to go. I want to get out and meet people and travel around the country and have some fun and do this uh, 
and create this along the way. Now, the podcast thing, just quickly, I can commend you because what podcasts are are portable on-demand, basically, radio interviews. Um, they're feature stories that people want to hear when they want, how they want, at their convenience. It's a very big business right now, and, I'm, and I think it's wonderful that you're doing it. It's very intimate, and um, I hope you're successful with yours. So anybody wants to find me, DebbieNigro.com, if you want to be uh, suggesting to be on the show. Uh, be my guest. Find me there and send me a little information at info at debbienigro.com. And uh, what else do you want to know? Thank you very much for letting me be on your podcast. Oh, today, thank you. And so besides debbienigro.com, where can they find you on social, on Facebook? Isn't that where you post who's going to be on the show that day? Is yeah, that the Debbie Nigro show on Facebook. Uh-huh. Debbie Nigro, the Debbie Nigro show on Facebook. You see who's coming up every day. Um, Debbie Nigro at LinkedIn, uh, business site, at Debbie Nigro uh, on Twitter, at Debbie Nigro Show. Um, there's all this, you know, the only place I'm not is Instagram, which, okay, fine, I'll show up there soon. I'm trying, baby. I did the yeah. reverse. I started to say earlier, you know, I, I, my passion was creating a great show that was relevant, not political, talk radio, that was done by a woman that men love to and that young people love to. So I've done that, a proof concept. What I did wrong that I would do again differently is I didn't build my social media base properly from the get-go and keep a list and build my email list, which I had done all along uh, privately but not in a cohesive form, which I'm going to be working on now because you're as good as you're following, and unfortunately people look at that and decide how you how valuable you are these days. So I'm not showing up um, in big numbers on my sites, but the point is I've accessed and made friends with all influencers for the last couple of years. So those numbers aren't just any numbers of followers. They're influencers who themselves have followings. So my reach is up to about a million. But I'm turning yeah. that around because you got to kind of get there. And, again, I was going to quit a million times because it was like, really, uh, what am I doing? I'm glad I hung in there, and I hope to be able to affect the world in a really nice way because I'm a dealer in hope. And I let people know every day, in spite of it all, They've got a great shot to have a great day ahead and great opportunities ahead of them. So if I can keep one at a time and groups in, in mass and let people stay hopeful and fun and positive and inspire them and motivate them and know, let them know it's never too late for anything, uh, then I'm doing good. I'm doing good work. Yeah, you are. You're doing great work. You are the queen of the soundbite, and you are also, you know, a woman entrepreneur. And as a fellow woman entrepreneur. Hats off to you because, you know, no one knows how hard it is in ups and downs and ebbs and flows other than someone else who's really walking the walk. And you certainly have done it. So thank you. Thank you for being here, Debbie. I am honored. I'm honored to be on the other side of the microphone talking to you. <laughs> I get to ask you some questions this time instead of you asking me questions. Thank you for throwing the little boozy one to me. And it's yeah, great. I want, I, I want yeah. to say that you were great. You did a great job. Very warm, very engaging, very fun. Great job interviewing, so good for you. And I will leave you with this one line. I like to leave everybody with a a line they can think about. If talking burnt calories, I'd be a freaking supermodel. Until then, I will continue what I'm doing. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. Love. And everyone, follow Debbie. The links will be below on Focus on Style, or you can hop on over to iTunes and listen to it over there. Thank you, Debbie. That's a wrap. Well, not so fast. Don't forget to hop over to FocusOnStyle.com for exclusive content to help you live your most amazing life with style and success. For even more great stuff that Sharon only shares by email, subscribe to her in the know list at www.FocusOnStyle.com insiders. See you next time. 